right, we made it to episode 28 of the Homestead Shop Duck podcast. I'm kind of, I feel like I'm getting sick, guys. So Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> bear with me. <clears throat> um, we <laughs> my, okay, let me think about this. It, the first podcast of the year. Okay. With Al from Luna Acres, <laughs> Ben from Holler Homestead in episode 28. And today we're going to be talking about, uh, I guess, what we think that this year is going to look like for us, I guess, maybe as far as homesteading, as far as maybe what we're planning and what we think that's what it'll look, what it'll look like. Cause I don't know. You never know. Things might happen. Things might get crazy this year. Um, but first we're going to talk about our week and hopefully everyone had a good new year's. Did you guys stay up till midnight? Nope. <laughs> no, we, were, we, we stayed up till maybe 1130. I think that was, that was as late <laughs> as we made it. You beat me. I was up to like 930. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even try anymore. Old man. I think what sucks is like I've even got some fireworks I was going to light off at midnight. And we stayed up late and watched a movie and it we finished at like 11 something. And it was like, I don't even care. And the kids are like, yeah, we're tired. Let's go to bed. So, yeah, we were lights out. We we did stay up to midnight. We, we never yeah. stayed up to midnight. <laughs> And we watched uh, the second Lord of the Rings. Um, and so that helped. <laughs> but still, I think it was over by like 10. And then we're like, uh, are we going to try to stay? I was like, let's just try. So we, we ended up, did we, we stayed up. And, you know, right after midnight, we went to bed. <laughs> I turned on the, the YouTube ball drop, uh, like live video that they have. Yep. And then I just turned that on real quick, and then that was it. What time did you get up? Please. Yeah. So, you, yeah, usually you can't do both. You can't <laughs> stay up late to midnight and watch the sunrise. You cannot do that. <laughs> so we did not watch the sunrise. <laughs> I think I was up at, like, 8. Okay. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. It was fine. We had we had pizza and just hung out and uh, stayed up to midnight. It was good. Were the animals waiting for you this morning? Saying, oh, yeah. hey, where's my food? Oh, yeah. They were screaming at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good because it's cold. it's cold in the morning. So it got um, some time for the ice to melt a little bit. So what would you guys get into this week? Whoever wants to start. Well, why don't you go first? feel like I always go first. <clears throat> this this week we've been working on building custom barn doors. So we're building the barn and then we're trying to figure out, I was trying to figure out how I wanted to build doors. Lumber's expensive right now. Usually I build them out of two layers of three quarter inch pine and then trim them out in pine. This year I was like, man, that's going to add up quick. We had four doors to build and then we still have the big sliding barn doors to do, but just like one man door and then i was building two four foot wide by seven foot tall dutch doors for the animals so i decided to do it out of two by sixes and then trim the two by sixes out with uh pine so it's the same thickness as if you do it the other way but it was a lot cheaper so we've i've used pocket hole jigs quite a bit for a lot of things i used to get i was i used to work at a higher end furniture store and they had a, it wasn't, it was a pocket hole jig, but it wasn't Craig. It was like a, a stand, like a desk and it had a foot pedal. You'd put the yeah. piece of wood in it and you'd step on it and it would, it would drill through. I've seen that. Yep. So I, I was online two weeks ago and Craig has one that you put on top of a bench. It's plastic and it has a handle you pull down and it was like a black Friday sale. It was like 50 bucks off or more. So it ended up, I think it ended up being. 300 and I was like, that's not a bad price. Cause if I do this all by hand, I'm going to have a lot of time into pocket hole jigging the two by sixes. What do we do? We probably did like eight or 10 pocket holes in each two by six. And I think on the four foot doors, there was nine, two by sixes. So say 90 holes roughly per door. That's a bunch of time. So I picked up. Yeah. So I picked up that, that Craig, the pocket hole Craig jig, the benchtop one, that thing is fast. It's just, you, I mean, as quick as you pull your hand down, it's just going. 
No yeah. bogging down, no nothing. So we picked that up. We use our pocket hole jig all the time. So I was excited for that. The doors came out good. We mounted them up. Um, we So the first door we did, it was the man door. Me and Gina were trying to figure out, okay, which way do we want it hinged? So when we're, you know, when you go, which way are you going to come to the barn more often? Which way are you going to want to pull it? So we're like, yep, this is the way we're going to do it. So we hung it. That was the first door. Went on to the third, the second, third, and fourth door, hung them. Those were the Dutch doors. They took more time. The next morning, I was editing the video before we went. So our videos, we have two days in each video. So I was editing the day before this video, starting to edit it. And I went, are you kidding me? So we hung the door up, hinged opposite as what we just talked about. I just took the door. I had it on the forks of my <laughs> tractor. And I just picked it up and went, doop, didn't like pay attention to which way I was doing it. We, both of us, we just did it and then went on to the other doors. The other doors we did right, but the, the first door we didn't. So I was glad I had it recorded and I edited it that morning. Cause I went outside and I said to Gina, I said, do you know what we did wrong? She's like, no, what? I said, oh, we did something wrong. She's like, no, they're, they're all open in the right way. We hinged them correctly. And I'm like, are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. You caught so that like, in the edit. <laughs> I caught that in the edit. So that morning we went out. And we, we unscrewed it, took the hinges off, flipped it around, and hung it on the other side. Oh, man. Did <laughs> so you show like, that in the video? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that video goes <laughs> out tomorrow morning, which is, well, I've already been out. So, yeah, yeah, that was last week we were doing that. But I was just like, really? We just got done talking about how we were going to hang it. And then we were talking about something else. And I just, so it was laying on the forks, and I just flipped it up, didn't even pay attention, put it on, and then screwed it on the door jam and went to the next door. <laughs> so we've been we've been dealing with a lot of rain warm and rain and muddy i mean some spots the mud's probably just walking the mud's probably three to six inches deep and then mm, our driveway's starting to get rutted up and i yeah i'm like this is what like north carolina winters are probably like all winter long <laughs> yep. do you guys yep. deal with mud all winter yeah for the most yeah. part there's so, a little bit of it freezes solid in like january for might get two weeks of frozen mud, but generally, yeah, it's it's mud season. So I'm going, man, I can't wait till it freezes back up. Because I'm like, at least with the cold, it's frozen mud. So it started freezing up last night. So today it's, it was cold. It was like 26 for a high today. But it's frozen ground and not muddy ground. So I guess there's different ways to look at the cold weather. Yeah, I'll, I'll take frozen mud over muddy mud any day. <laughs> Yeah, for the last week we had muddy mud, and it was like, oh, this is no fun. You can't, you know, you don't want to drive anywhere off the trails or, or even go on trails. You, you know, your driveway just gets all rutted up. And usually we have a mud season for, I'd say, two weeks to four weeks is usually mud season in spring. But in springtime, you know it's going to dry up. Where this time of the year, it's like, this isn't drying up. We need it to freeze up. <laughs> all right, so this week I've been feeling a sore throat coming on. Uh oh. Um, I feel pretty good today, but I feel like I'm still kind of fighting it. Um, and then I think Lorraine started feeling sick today too, or uh -oh. or just tonight. So I don't know. I haven't got sick in a while, so I'm overdue. Um, but yeah, let's see. This week, man, I put out that um, year end video. I told you it took me like maybe a, a month off and on of editing it. I think that fried my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I put that out there and I posted it. And after that, I was like, oh my gosh, I felt like, I don't know. I just felt like wiped out. Like I really did feel like it fried my brain. Um, I was like, I had to like walk away from the computer for like all day. Like I was just like, okay, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like I need to, I need to go chop some wood or something <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah after that like i haven't i put that out on friday that video and then so yeah pretty much all weekend i, I, I tried not to do anything um i worked on the high tunnel a little bit um hopefully i could get back to that tomorrow and start working on it um we did i did notice though we checked on our bees um, in one of the boxes, the bees were all dead. Um, 
they we got them in the last spring and they all they all been fine all all year uh two two box two bee boxes um we just happened to walk by it and i was like there's like dead bees just a pile of them on the sitting outside and so we checked it sure enough they're all dead um and there was a wasp inside there so we're thinking maybe the wasp killed them all because uh, i think the wasp will like rob all the honey they'll come in there and rob it all um but the other box that we had they were all in there all the bees were in there still um so that one seemed fine they seemed more stronger um so i don't know it's kind of sad when you see all those bees dead because they're just a different animal you know they're like they're like another animal it's almost like if 25 meat chickens died all of a sudden right you know it's kind of the same thing um and you don't know why i mean you assume maybe it's a wasp or something or maybe it was a cold i don't know but i felt like it wasn't that cold um so that was kind of sad oh we put in our first big feed order this year um, ouch <laughs> <laughs> i know a thousand pounds of pig feed and a thousand pounds of egg layer feed um yeah ouch double ouch so should be getting that by the end of the week we, you know we were just planning our 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 year with meat birds i go back and forth of of like really getting into selling chicken like whole chicken like i think i've i go back and forth in my mind ever since we've yep. been doing this whole lifestyle i don't know why I, I, part of me wants to do it and part of me doesn't <laughs> um, yeah, i feel that and i'm trying to find ways to yeah i'm trying to find ways to do it but not i guess like i don't want to go to a farmer's market every weekend and sell you know what i mean like i don't i feel like that's not where where it's at like i it's almost like i'd rather have people come to me and buy it um so i'm trying to figure that out i always do every year and right about this time is where you get excited about the coming year and you're like oh man let's do it you know <laughs> Let's get all these chickens. And it's hard not to do that because it can end up biting you in the butt later because you're like, why did we order all these chickens? You know? <laughs> I wonder if you could do like a pre-order, like pre-sell them. Yeah, you know, I I thought about selling them like kind of in bulk. Like you buy like a half a cow, but instead you're buying 30 chickens at a time. Right, and you pre-order like this time of the year and you pay half up or something. Yeah, that's Make what I was thinking point. about doing. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to figure that out, how many that is, you know, how many do we need for the year, and then how many do we want to sell or try to sell, uh, plus the workshops that we do, you know, all that, and then how much is feed going to be. So, yeah, we're kind of in that, that stage of once a year. We, we try to figure that out. It's just What birds right are you doing? I think we're going to do – Cornish crosses. I mean, if we're going to try selling them, we got to do the Cornish cross. Right. Because they're just quicker. We might end up just alternating Cornish crosses and the red, uh, McMurray's red broilers, which we like. I like them better, but you just can't beat the turnaround time for the Cornish cross. Yeah, eight weeks is hard to beat. Um, I know. They, they're a lot less money, you know, a lot less to feed. Um, Plus, we still want to do turkeys again, so stuff like that. And I, and I think this time I got – I'm probably going to have to make another brooder. I feel like I'm making a brooder every year. Um, <laughs> but I think I might have to make one more. I think we're good on chicken tractors, which is great. Like, I feel like every year I have to make a chicken meat chicken tractor. But I think this year we have uh, – I think we have we have four of them, uh, like the big Siskovich-style ones. So we should be good there because I don't think I'm going to raise any more than that at one time. How many birds does, does that style chicken tractor hold? Uh, <laughs> like no more than – I would I would not do no more than 30. No more than 30. Uh, 25 is good. 30 is probably max. I try to do 40, and 40 is just too crowded. Yeah, at first it's okay, but then as I get older, it's they just can't move in there. So, yeah, that's coming up quite, pretty quick, man. I. I'm thinking we're, we're going to end up getting our meat birds probably the end of uh, 
probably the beginning of March or the end of February. Really? Yeah. We don't get ours till May, and that's push. That's like early for us. Wow. I think the last or the first. I think the last frost date is in April twentieth or something. It's like fifteenth for like us. That. Yeah. So yeah. right around there, we either put them on grass at that time, or we're gonna be. They're gonna put on the grass like a week before that. I feel like I'm pushing at the beginning of May for our area. We still would keep them in for at least two weeks, and sometimes at that point, the ground's still cold, damp, and just muddy. And it's like I hate putting them. You know, you don't want to put them out because you just end up losing a ton. When it's yeah. Like, but hey, you guys, February and March, it's like wow, that's a big difference. <clears throat> no, it is. Some years you're like, man, I could start. I we should have got meat chickens in February or or the end of January. Some some years because you're like, man, it's so warm out. Yeah. yeah, but they're probably sold out by then if you want to add an order in at the last minute. Yeah, or you know, you might get that freak cold cold spell still. You know, like there's still like a chance of you know you never know. What if that does happen? It's like it's like plant. It's like getting excited of planting like vegetables you're like oh man it's getting warm you know it's like january you're like let's 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 start some food and then next thing you know boom it's like 10 degrees out so how about you ben what, what you been up to so usually the uh the week after christmas uh to new year's we don't really we don't really do a whole lot uh we just try to take it take it easy uh my birthday's in the middle of that week so you know did did some cake, did some fun stuff on my birthday. Um, and then, uh, w one of our family traditions is right around new year's. We, we like to watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, I guess, I guess that makes us nerds, but all, all my <laughs> boys are really into stuff like that. Uh, I, I loved those movies when I was growing up. Uh, you know, there was a period of like three years where, you know, one of those movies came out every Christmas. And so that was what me and my cousins and my brothers would go do. Just go see the Lord of the Rings movie in theaters. And so kind of it kind of brings back, you know, nostalgia watching these movies every year at uh, New Year's. So we watch one every night and then the last one we finish up on New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah, 1130 was about as late as I made it on New Year's Eve last night. And it was just like. I'm so ready for bed. I hit the pillow and was out. Uh, one of the one of the fun things that we got to do that this is totally homestead related. Uh, we on New Year's Eve we have a massive snack dinner for dinner. Um, we do a great big charcuterie board. Um, we you know all of all of the things that we like to snack on. We just really do it up. So we like to cover our entire kitchen island in our charcuterie stuff. Um, usually we try to fill it with stuff that we've made. Uh, Meg will usually make some, you know, some various dips and cheeses and stuff like that. There's always a couple wheels of brie on the table. Well, this year we got to cut into our prosciuttos finally. Nice. Uh, man. So just right off the bat, the guinea hog prosciuttos that have been in our kitchen, uh, for two years now, uh, they are very, very dry. Um, they're not too dry though. So we haven't, we probably, probably could have eaten them last year, uh, because they haven't lost any weight in a year. And so uh, they oh. kind of, they kind of stalled out at some point and quit losing weight. Well, you really want to get down to like 30% uh, weight loss because that means they're dry enough that they're safe to eat. I mean, you can you can still eat them if they're not dried out enough. You just have to cook them because technically they are raw. Well, these things stalled out, and it was like, you know, I don't care. We're we're at the two year mark. Let's cut into them. And so basically, what happened is these guinea hog, <laughs> these guinea hog hams are so fat that the fat actually stopped the uh, the prosciuttos from losing weight. So we uh. You know, we weighed them right before we started and they hadn't changed in a year. And it's like, okay, well, maybe they're as dry as they're going to get. So, you know, you got to carve into them and get past that super hard outer crust. And just right below that crust, it is like, you can cut it. 
it's hard. It's kind of like jerky, but you can cut it with a real sharp knife. So honestly, I think we ate about half of one of those prosciuttos last night. <laughs> I mean, we nice. carved off of that thing, carved off that thing. We had copas. Uh, it was, it was kind of cool. Like at one point it dawned on me, I was looking at the table, every bit of meat that was on that table were animals that were raised here. Uh, like all of the pork was raised here, processed here. Um, the beef, we, uh, I, I cooked up some steaks last night just to add that to the table, just because I can't cut up this cow that I've been cutting up and not try a steak. So yeah, all of the meat on this on our our table last night was from our land, and it was it was a really cool feeling. Uh, other than that, the the next thing I've been doing is uh, Saturday, day before yesterday, um, I started cutting up our beef. So we uh, we processed our our steer. I think we talked about it on the last podcast, uh, and. It, you know, we've been letting it age in uh, Jason's cool trailer. We uh, borrowed it. Jason, by the way, like, I cannot express thank you so much for letting us borrow this trailer. This thing is a game changer. Like, it is. it, it has been so warm, like, over Christmas. It's like, man, if we were hanging this steer out in the barn, there'd be oh, bugs yeah. on it by now. Like, it'd be spoiled by now. You know, like, it, it's yeah. been up in the 60s sure. for the past week. So, Yeah. <clears throat> So yeah, I've been yeah, I've been man. cutting up this steer. I've been doing a quarter a day. I didn't cut today because I didn't feel like it. I was tired after staying up late three <laughs> nights in a row. But we cut we cut both the front quarters. We did one on Saturday, one on Sunday, uh, and so all I have left is just the the back two quarters, and then that steer's done. But man, it is cool. It's it's really cool. Uh, being able to harvest your own beef and get any cuts you want. I mean, it's, it's really cool. I've, I've really enjoyed this. We will definitely be doing our own steer again. So yeah, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're pretty stoked. That's good to know about the, uh, prosciutto. Cause we still have, we still have not eaten ours yet. So, but we're talking about doing that this week. So Do you're a two year mark. Yeah. We're two years. It was two years in November. Okay. So yeah, that's I think probably it's ready. Way overdue. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty shriveled up. So. <laughs> yep. Should be fun. <laughs> Man, I I was surprised by the flavor. Like I thought those copas tasted good until I took a bite of the prosciutto and I was like, Oh yeah, these are not the same. Prosciutto just has such a complex flavor. You can actually taste the acorns that we fed these pigs. Like there is a nutty, wow. nutty hint to the uh, the meat. Like it's it's hard to describe, but it just has a nutty flavor. Like it's delicious. It is amazing. Kind of makes me wish I've I've been making a few more prosciuttos. We uh, we only did one last year, uh, and so far we've only done one this this year. So we'll uh, uh probably this next pig class we're doing in uh, about two weeks i'll probably be doing one more prosciutto just now that i've eaten it it's like man i know in two years i'm gonna love prosciutto even more so i better start adding a few more to the pantry did you feed your pigs acorns this year oh yeah yeah every year i uh, i i pay the kids to pick up acorns uh really the youngest two are the only ones who do it um, but I'll pay them by the pound for acorns. And like, I think the first year they picked up like a couple hundred pounds of acorns, which is a lot of acorns. Like they, they brought me like, like three or four or five, five gallon buckets. And they're like, Hey dad, can we, uh, can we get paid on these acorns? It was like, Oh dear goodness. So yeah, they, uh, they figured out where the good trees are that drop the really big acorns and they drop a lot of them. And so it's like easy pickings. You can fill up a five gallon bucket quick. Well, this year Corbin used his own money and bought one of those acorn pickers. Have you ever seen one of those? It's like a, a rolling basket. Yeah. Yep. No, that, that kid single-handedly picked up every acorn on the property. 
he uh, <laughs> he he just he'll go out and five minutes later come in with a full five gallon bucket of acorns. So, yeah, needless to say, I've been wow. feeding the pigs a lot of acorns. I mean, it's great food. They love it. I knew I knew a guy that uh, made acorn flour, and he'd make acorn cookies. Um, like this was like his business. Like he would go around in like town, like in like Asheville area, and you know, people would have acorns on their driveway and he'd just be like, Hey, can I just come and get your acorns? And he'd go and pick up acorns and then turn it into flour and, uh, make cookies out of them and sell the cookies. He'd sell the flour. He'd, he'd ta- taught classes and stuff. So it's kind of interesting. I had one before and it was, I mean, it was, it was good. It would, it, it tasted like a acorn cookie, I guess. Yeah. That's making the problem, the solution right there. Yeah. It was pretty interesting how they were doing it. Picking up everybody else's, as what they would say is trash or something that's a pain in their butt. Yeah. Making something out of it for sure. Like, yeah, they probably pay him to pick it up. <laughs> he, they, he probably could charge him and they would thankfully, you know, I'm sure pay him to do it. Oh, yeah, you want to get rid of these acorns? Here you go. Yeah. Right. I'd rather have prosciutto than an acorn cookie myself. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, are you grinding up? the meat to burger right now are you saving it all and you're gonna do like one big grind at the end i'm just gonna do one big grind at the end uh right now i've probably got i've probably got 50 60 pounds of just you know trim is what it's called yep um done a lot of roasts done a lot of a lot of everything really you know the front quarters that's your chuck so there's a lot of grind that comes out of the chuck but there's there's a lot of pot roasts that come out of the chuck too so it's been kind of interesting, you know, it's the same as cutting up a pig, but a little bit different because everything's so much bigger and like, there's so much more of everything. Um, it's really, really the thing that I found breaking down a cow is you just follow a seam between muscles and you isolate out individual muscle groups and those are cuts. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been really fun. Uh, this cow is so fat. I probably have on, I think I have over an entire lug of just fat that I've taken off this carcass. Like, honestly, he's, he's rivaling the guinea hogs for fatness. <laughs> now is the meat marbled with the fat or is it basically just all on the outside? The meat is pretty marbled. I'll have to send you some pictures of some of these, like the ribeyes, uh, very marbled, yep. um, compared to you know, some just regular grain fed cows, his fat's very yellow and his meat is nearly purple. Like it's, he's very dark. So yeah, it's, and then, you know, eating it, we had steaks for breakfast this morning. We had steaks with dinner last night. Uh, yeah. Mm. (laughs) They're magnificent. Like just a quick, quick sear on a hot burner, nothing but salt and pepper, just so you can taste it. I cooked them last night, like extremely rare, like almost mooing. And just because I needed to taste it, it's like, what does this meat taste like? So I cooked it as rare as possible. Nobody minded, like none of the kids minded. Meg didn't mind. Usually they're kind of like, ah, it's a little pink. And they're like, this looks raw still. Oh, it's so soft and tasty. And it was like, yeah, yeah, it just it smells. The smell makes your mouth water. So one of the new stairs coming. <laughs> that remains to be seen. I'm sure you're yes. thinking about it now. We're very much thinking about it. Um, I think we're really just going to take the year off on a cow. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe in the fall or something like that. Maybe, you know, the way it works for us is usually stuff falls in our lap. Um, either friends or in a hard place or, you know, whatever. Um it's just one of those timing things. When the timing is right, it'll happen again. Uh, but right now, we're not actively looking to get another cow on this property. Although, even uh, kind of concerning the topic tonight, it's one of those things I kind of feel like maybe we should just keep one. You know? Just right. get another one. <clears throat> keep it around. Let's talk about this topic. Preparing for the coming year. So what does that mean? What does that look like? I don't know. I think this is going to be an interesting year. So 2020 was an election year. It was pretty interesting. 
this year, 2024, as we know it, is going to be another election year. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what we're we're in for, I guess. I don't know. I've just been kind of thinking about things and how do we want to prepare and how do we want to, what do we want to have on the homestead and just kind of being aware of everything that's going on. Does that but, mean putting away more food and growing more food? <laughs> I don't know if it means putting away more food, but it means definitely making sure you're doing what I, what you normally do. Mm. And then I guess like, I know like we're thinking cows, like we want to have a bigger, do we want to get, I don't want to say a huge herd, but do we want to start getting more into cows and livestock and just having more things? Yeah. Or animals that don't, that I don't have to buy a thousand pounds of feed to feed <laughs> right. them. Yes. Yep. More they could just, milk. they could just eat grass. Yep. Those animals. Definitely. Yeah. Now, how long will that thousand pounds last your coonies? Is that for your coonies? Are you planning on getting feeder pigs? No, I'm not planning on it, but you never know. But, yep. uh, but right now it's for the coonies. So I bought a thousand pounds last I think it was in uh, May, say la this last year in May. Okay. And I finished off that thousand pounds in November. Okay. And that was just feeding the coonies. What is that? Eight months. That's that really good. Thousand pounds lasted me. Yep. Um, but of course, you know, the coonies were a lot smaller. You know what I mean? Like the piglets that we had, they weren't as big, and we only had two feeder pigs, so. I mean, two uh, of the breeders were eating that, so I'm feel like I feel like lately this last month they've been uh, plowing through some feed, even though I'm not feeding them any more than usual. Um, but now that I separated the coonies, uh, the four piglets, I separated them. I feel like you know I they are eating more than before. So that'll be interesting to see how long this thousand pounds lasts me. I'm thinking it might last five months, yep. maybe four or four or five months, maybe. Because would you have four piglets and then the two breeders? Yep. And then they might have piglets in uh, March. Oh, that's right. You did. But are they still together, the two breeders? Yeah. Yep. Yep. How often's their cycle? Like if she didn't get bred, when should she be? Um, it's towards the end of the month. I think it's like the 20th or 21st right. of the month. Um, she gets in heat. Yep. Right around there. Um, and sure enough, you can hear him. Zeke's trying. And sometimes <laughs> he, they're fight, they're fighting it. You can hear it from our, our win house window. Like, Oh, I think Zeke's trying. Cause she's not, <laughs> she's in a bad mood. <laughs> so you're still not sure then when if it happened already or i don't know i mean how do you know like it's I mean, we saw them but i don't know we're not might not know for another couple months you'll have piglets before you know it was it three three months three weeks three days yep. yeah i think it's like march 24th is what we calculated yep. that was pretty much like last time it was right around that time too. So you'll be getting your meat birds and you'll be having piglets born. Oh yeah. So I guess, would this be a good year to start growing your own food? If you're, if you're thinking about getting into homestead, would you, <clears throat> I guess one thing during 2020, I guess one thing that I found very reassuring was homesteading, whether to know we were growing our own food, but also like we just got to live our life doing what we want to do or doing how we, we live. And like, we could just, I don't want to say hunger down, but we're, we're homebodies anyways, cause we homestead. So with all the stuff going on in the world, we were still able to do what we want to do. You shut the news off and life was, I don't, it wasn't exactly the same, but life was still pretty much the same as long as you wanted it to be. If you could just, I don't want to say stick your head in the ground, but if you want to, you could just, ignore all the chaos that was going on. You had your animals, you had your garden to tend to, you know, you knew you had food to put away. And I found that reassuring definitely and more grounding, I guess would probably be the best way to put it. I don't know if yeah, you guys felt absolutely. the same way during. I mean, that, that, that's exactly, that's you, even, you, you yeah. took the words out of my mouth. Like that's exactly what it was in 2020. It was so reassuring watching everything that was going on in the world and you know we had just landed here we were building this place 
but we already had our animals. We already had food in the garden. Like food was rolling in. Chickens were laying. We had meat birds, like all of that. And I remember watching everything going down. It was like, I think we're going to be fine. Like if this is the place to make a last stand, I think, I think we'll be fine. (laughs) We've got more than enough room to grow enough food for all of us. But yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It did reassure us that we're on the right track here. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing this. Um, I don't know. I guess for me, I found like if you, even if you were getting anxious with everything going on, it's like, just go out in the yard, like go tend to the animals, go tend to the garden. Like they never change. Like they're, they're still there. They don't, they don't know what's going on. They don't know what the news just said. Like, yep. like kind of thing. <laughs> they still need to be of... fed and watered. Yep. I you will know, say like they don't, they don't care. It's your birthday. They don't care. It's <laughs> Christmas. They don't care. <laughs> They don't care it's an election year. They don't care what's going on. <laughs> so you guys going to raise any more, any, I don't know, any more meat birds or anything this year? Are you raising what you, you did last year? Yeah. Um, so I think for us, I think we calculated, well, so it's it's us and then Lorraine's parents that we give them a bunch of meat too. Yep. So like as for chicken, I think we calculated um, at least 100 for us and them that we need. Yep. Um, and then, you know, for doing workshops, you're probably talking another 40 chickens for the workshop attendees. Um, so, you know, it's 140, 150 plus if you want to sell any, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I'm leaning towards 275 chickens for the whole year. Ooh, now do you bunch. try to figure in any yeah <laughs> do you try to figure any like percentage for loss yeah that's always the hard you know, one for me when i'm trying to figure that yeah. like, what's the overage because unfortunately there's always going to be some kind of loss yeah i look at it i guess i don't really do a percentage i, I just look kind of look at it like if i want to sell 25 i'll get 30 and maybe i might lose five you know, I might lose three, you know, right. around like three to five, five is a lot. Um, but I would say maybe I might lose three per bat per 30 chickens, you know, um, or I might lose, might not lose any. And it depends on the hatchery too. The hatchery might send me like two more extra, like right. they might send me 32 and then I might only lose two. So that means I'll end up with 30 or I might not lose any. So yeah, it's kind of hard to predict, but that's why I order a little bit extra each time. How do you guys figure that, Ben? Throw a dart. <laughs> no, we, uh, we, we kind of base, uh, we base it off of like how many chickens did we eat last year? Um, cause we, we've also talked about, you know, selling chickens and kind of the way we've set it up. We've gone in with friends. Uh, I don't know. I, back to 2020 2020 scared a lot of people it woke a lot of people up um and so there there were friends that came to us in 2020 and were like hey you know if you raise any more chickens can you get some extra we'll you know split the feed or whatever and so we ended up doing that i think we did it twice i think it was like 21 we did it spring and then 20 yeah and the fall batch we did that with a couple families um uh, i think i just lost my train of thought come back train of thought it's all this staying up late yeah that's that's what it was thanks jason yeah it's so you know for us it's like okay 50 chickens wasn't enough uh 75 chickens wasn't enough 100 chickens that seems to be about perfect for us so that's that's kind of where we're at is we're we found that a hundred chickens a year we can make that work, assuming that we also have pork and beef and you know maybe a deer or two. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just what we found since we've been here. You know, like me and Meg have had this conversation ad nauseum. 
right now we're cooking and having to raise the the most food we will ever have to raise. We have four, almost four teenage boys in the house. These kids eat tons. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, I, these kids can put away the food. But I remember when my parents were, you know, having these same conversations. They're like, you guys don't realize how much food you eat. And it's like, well, I'm hungry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, something, it, it's just a weird thought that it's like, in a few very short years, you know, these kids are going to be to the point where they can get married and move out and, you know, start their lives. And we're not going to have to grow this much food or cook this much food. And, you know, it, it or changes. Will or will Yeah, or, or will we? You know, gonna, it could they, be. They'll be putting their orders in. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very real possibility. Well, if they're wanting if they're wanting to come to dad, mom and dad's and get some meat, then they're going to be over here hauling water to some chickens. I can tell you that much. You're like, yeah, you, you're welcome to all right. any meat in the freezer, but be here by seven. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're going to be here in butchering day too. Yeah, that, that's that's really that's really it. It's I don't mind raising the birds. Yep. You know, meat birds are a lot of work. Um, I kind of streamlined the system this past year. I made it very easy, very convenient. Um, but butcher day, that's when it's all hands on deck. Um, you're trying to do a hundred chickens in one day. That is a long day, no matter, no matter who you are and yeah. what kind of equipment you've got, you better have a lot of hands. Will you do that again this year, Ben? Will you do like think it all one batch or? No, I think we're going to split it up. I think we're going to do a, a spring batch and a fall. Well, I don't know. We go back and forth. I don't, I don't think we've decided uh, yet. Probably just a fall batch. I don't know. See, it's just stuff as we're we're not quite like solid on our, our year plans. I know there's a lot of people doing that right now, writing out all their, oh, yeah. their, uh, their 2024 plans. But uh, yeah, we're... We're not quite there yet. We'll do two, we do two batches in the spring, but we we um, break them up two weeks apart. So we usually do seventy and seventy is what we've done the last few years, and then that way, if we have any small ones, we can hold them over for the second batch and let them grow up and get big enough, and then we'll we'll do the last batch. It's it's a lot because it's like back to back two weeks in a row. You get one weekend off, and the next week, and you're doing it again. But then it's like, oh, I'm done. Like, I'm, I don't got to butcher the chickens anymore. I don't have to feed them anymore. So it's like kind of like a big push for butcher day. But then after that, it's like, oh, that's, that's kind of nice. I get the rest of the summer kind of thing. Yeah. And then <clears throat> fall, we can concentrate on pigs and sheep and whatever else we have. Yeah, we'll probably spread it out for four butcher days throughout like spring and summer. Yep. And 20, like, 25 to 30 chickens per butcher day i like 30 butchering 30 30 chickens in one day is like is very doable that's yeah, kind of that's like very doable any more than that yep. you know if you're going to 50 50 or 100 you know that man that's a long day the only reason why i like to do a good amount at once is because i don't want to say the worst part one of the most time-consuming parts is cleanup. So whether you do 30 yeah. birds or you do 70 birds, the yeah. cleanup's pretty much the same. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. I, yeah. I think that's like the worst part because it's like you're done. You've had a long day, and it's like, oh, wait. I got to pick up everything. I got to wash all the equipment down and clean everything up. And yeah. Yep. It's work either way. It is. <laughs> How many classes will you do this year? Yeah. I'm thinking at least four. At least four. I don't know if you'd have smaller amounts and do for the classes or not and do more classes or. Yeah, we don't do. I mean, if we do four, I mean, we do like maybe 20 chickens per class. Okay. Um, depending on how many people are at the class. If we have, I figure it's like two chickens per person. Gotcha. Like I don't make them do a hundred chickens. <laughs> <laughs> You want them to still want to get into homesteading and raising meat birds yeah. done with the class. We were doing like 40 chickens and people were doing like five chickens a piece. And like after like two chickens, you just see this glossy look in their eyes. Like, are we going to do all these chickens? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. 
Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. So I was like, oh, maybe we should lower that number. I get it. I understand. Yep. They're here on vacation. <laughs> yep. Vacation to work. Any of them stick around for cleanup? Oh, yeah. People are super nice, man. Like, people are like, hey, you know, you want us to, you know, what do you need? Like, like uh, you need help cleaning up, you know? Usually I'm like, no, oh, no, we got it, you know? Like, I don't. I'm not expecting anybody to clean up, but yep. if they want to, I mean, I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, like sometimes like I got to take more chicks out in the field and they want to come with me. Hey, can I come with you to like bring the chicks out? I was like, sure. You know, which is cool. People are super nice that come. They're very helpful. So what about, what about veggies? <laughs> I, I'm thinking we're going to grow more, a lot more veggies with this high tunnel that I have. Right. That's something we need to work on more anyways. We don't grow enough of those of veggies. Um, that's an area that we need improvement. Have you guys been planning that or trying to plan that with the new high tunnel and figure out what you're going to be doing and what you want to grow and how much? No, not really. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got that far yet in our planning. No. We should we should be doing that now, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I've been going back and forth of probably not in the high tunnel, but I want to grow like uh, maybe like turmeric or like yep. something like that. Um, so we could like grow a whole lot of, and then like, see if we could just sell it. Can you guys grow ginger in your area? Cause that's kind of the same, I think. Right. Grows pretty much the same. as Yeah. Turmeric. Yeah. We grew. Oh yeah. We grew both ginger and turmeric in our high tunnel, so it's completely doable. Yeah, and it's just stopped taking over, like spreading and reproducing, they, and they didn't on us. But then again, yeah. I I dug them, I dug them all up. I left one in the ground to see if it would spread, because everybody's like, "Oh man, you got to dig it up; it's going to spread." But they said right. that about horseradish too, and I planted I don't know like two dozen horseradish plants, and we eat them. So <laughs> I'm, I keep waiting for them to be invasive and they're not, they're not acting like invasive plants. They just kind of stay right there until I dig them up and eat them. So, uh, yeah, yeah so far haven't had them spread. Or like ginseng, I think is another one. Um, over here, man, there's some ginseng robbers, right? There's like wild ginseng. Like in the mountains, like I, when we first moved out here, I thought that was the craziest thing. Like people were like, oh yeah, there was some guys on my land. And I met some people that they see like flashlights. It'll be like, it'll be midnight and they'll see flashlights out like on their land somewhere. And they're like, and there was guys out there like looking for wild ginseng and like stealing it. Yep. Um, I thought that was the wildest thing. I was like, wow, that's so crazy to me. But it's a thing. You want to, I get all excited when we first moved. You want to hear Go a funny a story? You want to hear a funny story about ginseng? All right, so story time. <laughs> so when we first got here, and you know us dumb Californians, uh, I get here and I, I, <laughs> I purchased a, a weed eater, and uh, I'm working on clearing the property line. Well, there's this section of the woods. It's actually the the acre of woods that we bought that's next door to us. But when I was clearing that property line, uh, yeah, I'm just chopping down trees and then I came through there with the weed eater and I'm weed eating all the underbrush right right along the property line. Well, I'm usually pretty good at identifying plants and uh there was a few plants that I didn't recognize. It was like I you know these little these little leafy plants and they got a couple berries on them, little red berries as I'm bushwhacking them with this weed eater turning them into mulch. Yeah, well then Shortly thereafter, uh, we had people message us and be like, hey, do you guys have, you know, wild ginseng, American ginseng on your property? And it was like, well, I don't know. And so I looked it up and it was like, oh, dear goodness. Yeah, I murdered a bunch of those things just the other day. Turned them all into mulch. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, we have ginseng. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, it's growing back. I've I've seen it. It is coming back up. But it is very, very slow growing stuff. So that would have been like 2019 when I was clearing it. And it's only just now this stuff's coming back. So yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Maybe identify plants before you go bushwhacking. When we first moved here, 
we found some of those plants and I get all excited. I just look up to see what they were, but I can't remember what they were, but it was not ginseng. I can't find what it was, but there's a, there's a plant that looks pretty close to ginseng. It's got so much, it's got the, the leaves and then it's got the red berries. And I was like, Oh, look at this. We got some wild ginseng. I was all pumped and I dug it, dug it up. And my father was like, Oh no, that's this. And I was like, like, there you go. Burst in my bubble. Like I was finding the plants all over the place. Like this is gonna be yeah. perfect, but I mean, eventually, I want to get into growing more feed for our pigs or and chickens and stuff. Um, I think that's gonna be, I think that's gonna be important. I mean, for us, I mean, now that we have, we should have the space to do a lot of that stuff. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think we need to do that so we don't have to buy so much feed. Especially, I mean, if we keep these kuni kunis and we continue to grow these kuni kunis, like. They don't eat a whole lot of feed, so growing feed for them should be easier. What do you think would be the best feed to grow for the Cooney Coonies? I mean, beets. I mean, something that's shelf-stable, something like that. Um, greens, of course. I guess probably corn. I've never had luck growing corn. <laughs> um, or if I had some kind of plow where i could just grow a huge row of corn and just just to try it i'd probably i'd probably try that what did you grow ben for your pigs so i since we got into it it was about about the time we read the dowdy's book um the independent farmstead that book kind of changed our our outlook on homesteading um we started growing well, a lot of the stuff they suggested. You know, you grow your your big hitters, grow your squash, your pumpkins, grow the plants that pretty much don't get killed by pests. Um, like we've been growing those uh, kakuzis, those serpent gourds. Nothing eats them. the The bugs leave them alone, um, and the plants are extremely prolific. And then the animals love them. The animals eat the 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 gourds, as long as they're still green, um, squash, like the trombocinos and, uh, kushas. It's a lot of squash that these things put out and, oh gosh, what else? Sweet potatoes, man. We can sure grow some sweet potatoes in this dirt. Um, that is a crop <laughs> that it doesn't matter if we plant a hundred slips or 10 slips, we're harvesting tons of sweet potatoes. So um just stuff like that sweet potatoes gourds squash um we did grow corn um the corn is kind of nice because you can harvest it you know like this last year we did sweet corn so we harvested it all for us when it was ripe and then immediately pulled all of the corn stalks out and fed that to the pigs and i mean those pigs they ate until they were sick because those corn stalks when they're all nice and green they're sweet so, yeah, great animal forage. It's just stuff like that. The more you start thinking about, oh, well, in the summertime, I can grow everything for the pigs. I don't have to feed them grain. And so this past summer, I would say, like, I, I didn't grow enough to replace the grain, but I would say they very much, for most of the summer, half their diet was out of the garden. And that was just strictly because I was too lazy to grow more and get out there and harvest every morning and stuff like that. Like I probably could have fed all of our pigs out of the garden for probably half the summer. So, I mean, it's, it's really eye-opening when you're looking at the garden, you know, like even the weeds, you can pull the weeds and feed the weeds to the pigs and they love it. Um, it's kind of interesting when you start viewing your, your garden and your land differently is, you know, Hey, like we can make this land support our animals. Like it's just, it, I guess that's farming. Like, I guess that's really what it comes down to. You know, this is the way our forefathers would have done it. You grow, you don't get more animals than you can grow food for. So it's just a interesting concept, especially putting it into practice. Like, did you find that stuff? Like if you wanted to grow it, would it store for you for over winter? Or do you need, would you need like a better <clears throat> root cellar or something to keep your, like in your guys's climate, what do you find? It's so, um, I have out in the shed, all of my sweet potatoes, uh, all, 
I think I have five great big Kushaws, Kushaw squashes, um, and then a whole bunch of trombuccinos. Um, they keep up until the shed freezes. Um, okay. say a couple, couple <clears throat> weeks, actually it was the, the day that we did the cow, we processed the cow. It got down to like, you know, 20 degrees. And even with the shed closed, you know, the doors are all closed up. It got cold enough. I noticed one of those squash in there actually kind of started turning mushy. So that means it did freeze, but that's been the only one. Um, and then the sweet potatoes, they don't care. I've got them sitting in a wagon, sitting in the shed, and they're fine. Like I haven't, I haven't had any of them go bad. And we've got like two hundred pounds of sweet potatoes in that wagon, so they, uh, they seem pretty good. We would like to build some sort of cold storage, you know, root cellar or something like that, but that's just not in the cards lately. Yep. I think that'll be one of our bigger projects this spring or summer as a root cellar to get something done. So that way we have a place to store everything. We have our, we've been using our basement. That's been working pretty good. We have a humidifier down there because we were getting some problems with mold. Okay, on... So you have a dehumidifier down there? Yeah. It's too humid. Yep. See up here, our, like our house, our, we had, we had the wood stove in it. So it was like 70 or 80 degrees in our basement. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> That don't work. Oh. <laughs> Can't keep vegetables yeah. down there. Nope, not at all. And it's a dry yeah. heat, so it's even worse. So, I mean, that's how original that this house, how this house was heated, was with the wood stove down in the basement. Yep. Um, but there wasn't a wood stove in there when we moved here. So, gotcha. I have, I have some friends that I think I told you guys. I don't know. I went to their place and they didn't do it, but they moved into a, a, a some land that somebody made a root cellar from a shipping container they just they just dug it inside of a hill like they pushed it inside of a hill yep and then you just open it up and they reinforce the inside and it's all it was all cool in there and they have their freezers in there oh so they ran power in it and everything nice. yeah they had like i think they had like two of these shipping containers on, on the property like that wow that's a lot of yeah. food storage Nice it was pretty to wild see. to see because I had never seen that before. Yeah. You know, you you see pictures or like something online, but like to actually see something like that, right. like somebody actually did it and you see it in person, like it's it's pretty wild. So we're trying to figure out how we want to do ours this year. We have a bank picked out. I want to dig into and do it, but I'm like, I don't know if we're gonna do it out of cinder blocks. If I want to do it out of um, the styrofoam blocks that they make foundations out of and then fill it with concrete I, or not, like ICF or, blocks. Or Yep. Yep. Y'all yeah, be curious. I'll I'll see how I'll see what you do and if I like it I'll copy it. <laughs> right? Or, I, or you, that's the hard part. What's that? Or you can figure out what doesn't work and warn me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then it's just try to figure out how big you want to do it. You know, you don't want to go too big, but you don't want to go too small. And if you want to, you know, if you want to grow your animal feed and you have a place to put squashes and everything, so it's got to be decent size. And yeah, it'd be nice Hopefully to it run. Works. Right, it'd be nice to run power to it, so you at least have lights in there. So when you go in there, it's not just a dungeon with a headlamp. It'd be nice to be able to go in, turn your lights on, and have a decent place to go oh, in, yeah. check everything out, and I don't know. I've always wanted to build one, so I think this will be the year for it. So what are the easiest plants you've grown for the pigs, Ben? I'll have to try to get some to grow for the, because we want to get breeder stock of the Idaho pasture pigs this year. Oh, for sure. It'd be those silly kakuzi squash. Those, uh, I mean, they're a gourd. Um, yeah, okay. if you can, you know, I, I've got seeds. I can send you some seeds if you want. But, man, those things will take over if you don't watch out. I, uh, I had one that came up voluntarily. Actually, every single plant that we grew this year was just volunteer that it just came up because someone had stepped on a squash and popped the seeds all over the ground. Well, come spring, all of those sprouted. Um, and so we just transplanted those. Well, there was one that didn't get transplanted out of the greenhouse. Uh, all of the rest of them we grew 
I would say they were like normal sized plants that you grow throughout the season. You know how about how big like a, a pumpkin plant or a squash plant will get. Yep. Well, we had one plant in the greenhouse. Its trunk, no joke, was two inches thick when I finally pulled that thing out of the greenhouse. Like I have never seen like a, a squash plant like that. Uh, just one plant get vines that thick and that big around. It was like it was tapped into the, the real good soil or something right there in the greenhouse. It was probably because it was protected and it got to spend more time growing. But yeah, that one plant probably right. produced 400 pounds of, of food. Wow. So, and it was convenient because it was uphill from the uh, the pig pen. So I just walk out there in the morning, chop off a couple gourds and play Oprah. You get gourds and you get gourds and just throw them all down <laughs> to the pigs. All right. So I think that's a good talk for the first podcast of the year. And uh, I hope everyone has an awesome new year. Thank you guys for watching and listening. And we made it over 11,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is pretty cool. And um, over 50,000 downloads uh, on the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. So downloads is, uh, I think it's listeners. So over 50,000 listeners on just the podcast alone. So thank you guys for listening and watching. And we'll see you guys next week. Happy New Year's. <laughs> See you guys.